Good morning. Please stand for the reading of God's word. Our scripture today is Ephesians 6, 21 through 24. So that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be the brothers and the love with faith from God, the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. This is the word of the Lord. All right, it's good to be together. Um, I was just thinking, we, we, we've said the word amen a lot so far this morning. Um, even that song, the let the amen sound from his people again. Um, I wasn't planning on saying this, but I think it's just good. Like, I remind myself of what that word means because it's a short word, but we don't, like, we don't use it anywhere else outside of church, it seems like. And uh, it's just a Greek word that means so let it be, or I agree, or it is true. And, you know, as I thought about that, like, one of the things that we see in Scripture is that sometimes when Jesus really shows up in a community, and there are a couple places in the New Testament where when Jesus comes and really lets his power be known, and uh, he'll take someone who is like known as the like furthest from God and make them at peace in their right mind and following Jesus, those people in those communities, a couple places in Scripture, go up to Jesus and beg him to leave. Like, they're like, hey, we, we don't want you around here. If you stay around here, it's going to shake this whole place up. And we kind of like the MO that we have going on. We kind of like our own little lives the way that they are. And so we don't want you to come and ruin our lives. And so they actually beg him to leave. Um, and man, would we be a church? And that's what I love about like that lyric of let the amen sound from his people again. Like, hey, Lord, whatever you want to have happen, so let it be. Let it happen here. You know, let God's people say amen to whatever it is that you're wanting to do in this place. And, and even when we end a prayer saying amen, it's not like that automatically makes it happen. Or so, you know, it's not like, oh, you didn't say amen, so it's not going to happen. But what it is, is is us locking arms and saying, I agree with that prayer. So let it be. So let it be if it's your will, Lord. So, uh, so Hopefully today is just an amen to us saying, Lord, whatever you want to do here today. And um, I was just thinking, like, for some of us, being here in a church service is, like, the most normal thing. It's like, I'm super comfortable being in a church service. I've been a part of a church. I've, I've been, I've heard thousands of sermons, and this is, uh, this is normal. Um, man, I think, like, for other people, it could like feel really strange being in a church service. We had a, a person come to Jesus uh, in the community this week, and a radical story of them giving their lives to Jesus. And, uh, and man, as we talked about coming to church, it was like, why would I want to do that? I'm a follower of Jesus. Why would I want to be at a church? You know, and it, just, it, it was just the exact opposite of someone who, like, being at a church feels really normal. And, um, and then uh, I think for some people, like, uh, man maybe a majority of your experiences in your history with a church have been bad or it feels abusive even. Um, 
maybe some people don't even know why they're here. I was that way for a couple years. I went to church, and when I look back, I'm like, why was I there? I don't even know why I kept going back to that church, but I did. Um, Man, maybe some people are here because they just want people next to them to stop pestering them (laughs) and to just, like, leave them alone and just show up. And, um, and that's why some are here. And I, I just want to kind of say it out loud, like however we got in the door today, we're all here. However we got here, we're here. And, um, and I just want to say thank you for coming. Like thank you for being here. Like thank you for, for getting up and coming and having us gather and look to the Lord together. Because we, we pray that this cafeteria, it's, a be- it's the most beautiful cafeteria I've ever been in, but this cafeteria... Um, would turn into a sanctuary, that God would form it into a sanctuary of his presence. And man, I pray this morning too that we're all shocked by what happens today, that we're shocked by what the one who made us, the one who judges us one day, that in his goodness we may be shocked that he will meet with us, that he will speak with us, that he will counsel us. I I pray it as words from the lips of God are spoken out loud into this room, not my lips, but, but the words from his word as they are spoken into this room, that our fears, our pain, our disappointments, our hopes, our dreams are met by these words from God today. In him that we would find our hope, in him that we would find our way, It's so easy for us to lose our way or for the way to get so clouded that we don't even know where to step. But in him that we would find our way, in him we would find our peace, in him we would find our life. And so the book of Ephesians in scripture, so uh, if you don't have a Bible, um, we have some Bibles around here. Uh, So this is our last sermon in the book of Ephesians. We've had 18 sermons in a book that is six chapters long, and this was the book of the Bible that we launched the church with on Labor Day weekend on September 1st of last year. And so outside of taking a break for Christmas, we have been hearing from Scripture, hearing from the book of Ephesians every week. Some of you have heard all 18 of these messages. Others, this might be the first message you're hearing Um, We have a Sacred Mission Church podcast that's on, if you just search that through iTunes or through our website, sacredmission.church. And so if you want to catch up on some of those or go back through and ponder anew what the Almighty can do. um, Today, though, we're only covering the last four verses, just the last four verses. And I think these are four verses that kind of feels like as you're on your way out the door, people are saying stuff, you know, which usually isn't substantive, right? Like you have a dinner with somebody, you have a conversation, then as you're walking out the door, usually it's like, hey, drive safely, I'll see you next time, you know, and it kind of just fades into you walking out the door sometime. Um, What I realize with these four verses, though, is it's not like that. I think it's actually a crescendo. It's a bringing everything that we've heard and bringing it together. Um, Can I pray for us as we look into these four verses? Um, Let's pray. Lord, I just want to thank you for scripture. Lord, I just want to thank you for your word, that we don't have to be flashy up here. We don't have to have a light show. We don't have to have a fog machine. Um, Lord, that your word is subversive. Your word is apocalyptic. Your word is powerful. Your word is comforting. We know that your word teaches us about you, but it also teaches us about us. 
If we didn't have your word, we'd all be left at guessing who you are, who we are, and why we're even here. Thank you, Lord, that you love us enough not to keep us in the dark. Your word is clear because you desire our flourishing, not our confusion. So, Lord, would you teach us? You're the center of attention here. You're the only somebody in this room. Would what Jesus has done for us be clear? And would it bring our hearts just deep delight this morning? Would you deepen us? Would you form us together as a church community more tightly? Would you just shine, Lord? Would you shine today? We pray these things, Jesus, in your name. Amen. All right, we're in Ephesians 6, uh, verse 21. And uh, so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing, Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I've sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Um, I think this greeting just seems like regular. It almost feels like Paul is saying like, hey guys, here's Bob. Everybody say hi to Bob. Um, like it feels that way a little bit. Um, uh, there's a lot here. Um, yes, God like breathed. Second Timothy tells us that every word of scripture is theopneustos. It's from the, the breath of God. And we also know that he, everything is dual authored. And so God is the author of Ephesians, and so is Paul, former murderer of Christians, and is now so radically changed that God is using him to write his very words to us. What's fascinating, though, is that they couldn't, like, email it, right? The letters actually had to be delivered. And some changes were made in the Roman Empire shortly before this, where it used to be that a package would you know, it, kind of the way it is now, it'd go from here, then someone else would take it to here, someone else would take it to here, someone else would take it to here. And an emperor, shortly before this time, actually changed it where from its origination, a person would accompany the letter all the way to its end destination, which is crazy to think about. And so Tychicus is a person here who delivers throughout the Roman Empire, takes this letter from the hands of Paul and takes it to the church in Ephesus and communicates it to everyone. Uh, the people in Ephesus we see here are very concerned about a guy who didn't even live in the same state as them anymore. So they, like, they're gathering as a church like this, and then there's somebody in another state that they are really concerned about, and that's Paul. You know, Paul had been in prison many times. And so uh, I think what's beautiful, though, is there's like such a strong connection here because Paul had spent so many years in Ephesus, and that wasn't a throwaway thing. God didn't like waste those years of Paul's life. Strong relationships were formed. They love Paul. And here, Tychicus is coming. And an amazing thing, look what verse 21 says. So that you may know how I am and what I am doing Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. The first time, I've read this many times, but like this week was the first time that I was like, Paul wasn't a diva. Like, I mean, I actually had that thought, so <laughs> that's stuff that goes through my head. But it's like, Paul wasn't a loner. Paul had people around him that actually knew how he was doing. And they knew everything about him. And so Paul can say, hey, uh, Tychicus, 
Go and tell them everything about me. Tell them how I am. Tell them what I'm doing. Share with them. He knows me. He has permission to share anything, and there's no reason for me to hide. And man, I was just challenged to say, can, can I say that? Can you say that? Is there, is, do you have a brother, a sister who follows Jesus as we're adopted in God's family? Do you have a brother or sister where you could say like, hey, I can't get away, but uh, could you go and tell them how I am and just tell them everything about what I'm doing and uh, they'll be encouraged that I'm walking with Jesus, you know? And, uh, and there wasn't like, well, we better sit down. You better tell me because I don't know anything about you. I just kind of wave at you on Sunday mornings, you know? Uh, and man, this challenges me for all of us to have people who can be this person in our lives, who can be our Tychicus. And I think community groups are a great place for this, but even in community groups, we can go and leave and people still don't know us and don't know how we are. And we're not burdening it. Like Tychicus wasn't like, man, it's such a burden being a friend with Paul. He tells me everything about his life. I just can't handle it. It's like, no, Jesus carries our lives. He carries the weights of our lives. And we can be brothers and sisters with each other and know each other intimately. And I love here, too, how we see a church caring about people in other states who are on mission for Jesus. And man, I desire this. for. I, I hope that we are a church that if you cut us, we would 100% bleed rural central Iowa. That if like people come in, like if they're blindfolded and they come in here, and they're like, this is rural central Iowa, isn't it? Like, this is what people vibrant for Jesus, I would imagine, are like in rural central Iowa. You know, that you could feel it. Like, if we went to, like, New Orleans and we're part of a church, it's probably like the music is going to sound New Orleans. And there's going to be a lot of things that, like, tip us off that this is a New Orleans church. And so, so I, I, I desire for us to be who we would be in rural central Iowa with the king of the world leading the church. And, as we see here with Tychicus, that there's also a great concern for what Jesus is doing in other places. Because they, they desperately want to know how life is where Tychicus is. And, and, or or if he, the church at Ephesus wants to know through Tychicus what it's like for Paul. And um, these are not strangers to them. They're brothers and sisters. They're your brothers and sisters in your life in Jesus. Um, Paul had nearly been killed many times but Paul also wanted this stranger to the church, this Tychicus who they'd never met before. He's from a different place, maybe he's a different ethnic background. He wants Tychicus to encourage them. And uh, I, this is kind of fun, but I want to let you know that next Sunday there will be a Tychicus here preaching. So I didn't say the Tychicus, but a Tychicus will be here preaching. And we'll have another Tychicus being here leading worship next Sunday. Um, and so uh, David Adair is the Tychicus that will be here uh, preaching. David was the first person, I served with him as an elder and a pastor for over five years, and he was the first person, he was a pastor over me, could have fired me, and he was the first person that I shared with outside of my wife and my parents that I felt like God had called us to leave Oklahoma City and come here back to our hometown and plant a church. And um, he could have fired me. Like, I was ready for that. And I want to tell you, he fired me up. <laughs> he did. Like, the first words when I was like, we had just planted a church that was only three years old. And I was like, in it. You know, I was a pastor and 
Um, and he could have just like been like, you are a moron. What are you doing here? And instead, his first words were, I've been waiting. I've been waiting for this to happen. I mean, you talk about Iowa all the time. I figured Jesus would call you back there. And, um, and so this is a church that uh, is 600 miles away from here. That church is 600 miles from here, but there is a love that that church has for us and for this area. He's a beloved brother and a faithful minister in the Lord. Uh, then the person leading worship, uh, Matt Polk, is a Tychicus as well. He was a youth pastor for my kids um, and is just, um, he married a, a lady from Kansas City and, um, and man, they've both like fallen in love. So, so it'll be great to have a Tychicus here and I'm jealous for that, too, because I won't be here. And they're going to stay in our house by themselves. You know, it's like, okay, here's our house. I wish I could be there hanging out with you, but uh, here you go. So, uh, but this is, I think, Paul's heart in Tychicus is here's a stranger sweet, you know, coming in, but he's not a stranger because he loves Jesus and we're brothers and sisters. But Paul then moves from Tychicus to truly wrap up this letter in style with ascending charge of two sentences, verse 23. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Peace. Going through all of Ephesians, now what I want you to feel is peace. You shouldn't feel all this anxiousness coming through the book of Ephesians. You should feel peace. That's the first thing I want you to chew on. That's the first thing I want you to emote is peace. And man, I think if you're like, hey, what does, what does peace mean? If a, if a child asks you, what does peace mean? I think peace means the war is over. Peacetime is that the war is over. The invasion from heaven is underway and is swept through your life. And what it leaves behind is peace. Your sin no longer separates you from God. For those who this letter has deepened your walk with Jesus or perhaps has introduced you to your Savior, to those who trust Jesus, not yourselves, for your eternal life, the war is over, you have peace. And I think this is like a great time to say, like, enjoy your peace with God. Cherish the peace that you have with God. Peace be to the brothers. That word brothers, is, uh, it's written in a way that could easily mean brothers and sisters. So for all of us in the church, peace and love with faith. Second part there in verse 23, love with faith. The love that we have for God and the love that we have for each other isn't something that just comes out of thin air. Our faith has saved us. In Ephesians, it's not by works that you're saved, but by faith. Our faith has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. Our faith gives us peace with God and can also bring peace to others. And we don't create this. Our faith, our love, our peace, they all come, look, from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is not just faith that's floating out there. It's faith. Jesus is referred to as the author of our faith. If you need peace, if you need love with faith, you don't need to look in the mirror. You don't need to look to other people to define us. If you need peace, if you need love with faith, you need to look no further than God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Ask him. He will delight to walk with you towards these things. 
and I love like Ephesians has been so dense. It's been so rich. It's been um, talking about kingdom of darkness a lot and the kingdom of light and just the battle that's going on. Uh, we saw two weeks ago about taking on the whole armor of God. And now as doing that, we should be feeling peace, love with faith. Now, verse 24, grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Grace is not a word we use all the time. If we do, it usually refers to somebody doing something gracefully, doing something in a beautiful way. That's definitely part of it. But the main thrust that's used here for grace is unmerited favor. Unmerited favor. Say it even more simply, grace is we get what we don't deserve. We get what we don't deserve. Grace, you get what you don't deserve. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. I love that that is the last word in Ephesians. Incorruptible. What we're talking about is not going to get moldy. What we're talking about is not going to grow old. It's not going to, it's going to, not going to be where we need like a new bestseller of a way to meet Jesus or a way for heaven. This love that we're talking about here by a living Savior is incorruptible. The only thing that will ever give us eternal life is us getting what we don't deserve. That love, that type of love, it's incorruptible. When a person stops looking to their own hands to be their savior. Tanner had the courage uh, this week of, of talking with a person who it became clear that they were looking to their own power to be their savior. And he said, hey man, I just want to let you know I love you like crazy, but like you have a 0% chance of making it to heaven. Now, like, that could be really harsh. That could be super unloving. Or it could be the most loving thing you ever say to somebody. Is, hey, you are looking at your own hands for salvation. There are some nail-scarred hands out there that you need to look to. A Savior that has given his life for you, that is love incorruptible, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are alive and well and bind you to them and to his body, the church, and nothing can corrupt that. And man, Tanner and Kim were able to witness a person that just like, probably one of the happiest days of their life. They were so joy-filled, like they couldn't stop laughing for about five minutes as Tanner and Kim just sat there and, uh, and took this in, you know? And it's beautiful because it's what the Lord does. He loves us with this incorruptible love. And that's how God in his wisdom chose to simply wrap up this book of Ephesians. Peace be to the brother and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible.